The Courage to Lead, episode 137. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. Um, I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Ken Danos. Ken Danos is the CEO and co-founder of Project Altitude, an education company with the mission to elevate professionals to the next level in their fields of expertise. As a Medical Service Corps officer with over 19 years of experience in airborne and aviation operations, Ken is known for commitment to human performance optimization and leadership development. Willing to meet the most challenging goals and objectives of multi-domain operations through developing practical solutions, Ken offers outstanding communication and teamwork abilities with a proven ability to successfully direct a team. Uh, Just a little bit about Project Altitude. Project Altitude's mission is to elevate professionals beyond, or professionals by providing immersive, on-demand education, professional skills, and awarding internationally recognized certifications to establish individuals as valuable contributors in their communities of practice. Uh, Project Altitude was founded by military veterans whose passion is seeing the lives of those around them transform through constant professional growth. And they now dedicate their time to helping others reach their professional goals by giving them the tools to succeed in a professional industry. Ken, welcome to the show. Coach Harlan, thank you very much. Very kind words. Um, I'm glad to be here. I love what what you're doing and just look forward to getting into the discussion. Absolutely. No, and I love what you're doing. I love the whole idea of uh, your website, uh, Project Altitude, where you have all these different online classes, right, and certifications, um, mainly for military, but it's open to other people, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we're, we started with the military, but definitely looking to expand any professional uh, in any line of work to really benefit from these courses. Nice. Very cool. All right. We're going to get into talking more about that, uh, your military career, how you got started, what you're doing now and who you're helping. And uh, but before we get started, I've got 10 questions that I like to ask every one of my guests. Um, Listeners will know these are the questions from uh, the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where host James Lipton asks these questions of his um, Hollywood stars from TV, film and stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So, Ken, if you're ready, 10 questions for you, sir. Ready. Question number one, what is your favorite word? My favorite word, uh, probably, uh, actually, I say that a lot, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've been accused of saying that way too much. Or as you'll probably hear in this podcast, you know, you know, you know, know, that's my filler word. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is awesome. So, yeah, I I get it. All right. What is your least favorite word? Least favorite word. Uh, uh, well, loser probably is one of them, or okay. can't, you know, yeah. uh, kind of along the same lines. Exactly. All right. What turns you on? Um, growth, uh, seeing others grow and achieve, getting promoted awards. It's uh, the most exciting feeling in the world for me. Absolutely. Especially when you've had a hand in helping somebody achieve those. Absolutely. Very cool. Right. Um, what turns you off? Um, I guess closed mindedness or 
uh, say this gently, small-minded discussions, I guess, you know, <laughs> not <No>. focused on <laughs> growth and positivity, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. What sound or noise do you love? And, uh, the sound of freedom, uh, which is when you uh, start the engines on a Black Hawk helicopter. There you go. Uh, that's what I love. Nice. Very cool. All right. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, let's see. That's a good question. Uh, wow. Okay. I got one. Uh, the alarm when there's a, a, a medevac mission uh, mm. about to happen. Wow. You know, uh, it's, it, if you, if you're medevac like I am, you, it kind of brings up some anxiety because you know something's wrong. Um, but you know, it's, it's your time to act uh, when it goes off. So I guess uh, I would say I hate that, but, um, you know, it's, it's part of my job. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Question seven. What is your favorite curse word? Uh, the, the MF one. Okay. <laughs> Seems to be I a guess. popular one. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Question eight. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, let's see. I always wanted to be a professional basketball player. Very cool. When I was younger. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Uh, question nine, what profession would you not like to do? Um, you know, in the military, I fly for the military. I'm, a, I'm an aviator. So uh, I don't want to do that when I get out like so many others. Uh, when you get paid for it, it kind of takes the joy out a little bit, you know? Yeah. I want to do it just uh, for fun. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, that's a good one. Uh, thank you for, for helping others. Something that simple like that. Good job. Thanks for helping others. All right. Um, thanks for that. We are going to uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, how you got started. Uh, your time in the military, how you transitioned into uh, Project Altitude, right? And uh, some of the things you're doing right now. And at some point, we'll transition into courage and leadership. All right? All so right. listeners, we'll talk about all of that and more right after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Ken Danos. Ken, thanks again for agreeing to be on the podcast. It's good to have you here. Um, you're a busy guy. You're still active military? I still am, yes. Very cool. And you fly. What do you fly? You fly uh, the Blackhawk? Black yeah, nice. the HH, HH-60 Blackhawk. HH-60. Very cool. Mm -hmm. um, and, but you're talking about the, uh, the medevac type missions. Is that just part of what you do? Yeah, so I, I just left a job where I was uh, at a research laboratory. So that was kind of a, a hiatus from the flying that I normally do. But starting next week, I'm going back to to flying into wow. a flying position. So really excited to get back after it. Yeah. 
Very cool. So now, did you always want to be in the military? Is that something that just came up after after school? It started very young. Um, you can thank Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, just seeing those movies, they were so exciting. So kind of gave me the, the drive and the want to. And then my um, brother-in-law, a guy my sister married, was in the military. And I just looked up to him at that point in my life um, and it just sparked, uh, you know, me wanting to come in. And then when 9-11 happened, I was in high school. So that was the, the nail in the coffin there. Yeah. I just felt like, you know, not in my house, you know, I'm going to yeah. go do something about this. Absolutely. And did you know you wanted to go to the Air Force or did you want to fly? Um, Army, I'm still Army, Army. U.S. Army, okay. yeah, Army Aviation, um, okay. uh, flying helicopters. Uh, I, yeah, I kind of, you know, wanted to be Army because that's what I thought, uh, you know, Commando and Rambo were sure. in. So, yeah, definitely. That's awesome. And then uh, did you select um, aviation or did they select you? How did that, how did that happen? Uh, I selected that. Um, so that process, you know, I started and enlisted, I enlisted in the army, uh, but the process for aviation was after I received a commission uh, based upon your order of merit list, how well you did in college and then your assessments during the, the leadership course you would rank what you wanted. And if you were high enough, you got what you wanted. And I just ended up matching with uh, what I wanted, which was med service corps. And, and, and on top of that, I filled out for flight school. So I selected them. They, they accepted me. Very cool. Good job. And then at what point did you come up with project altitude? So that came up um, last year. Um, uh, actually a guy I went to ROTC with one of my, my friends, Dr. Carmelo Morbido, we ended up being in the same place again at the same time. And, uh, it's kind of like no time passed between when we left college. Uh, we just hit it off again, uh, bouncing ideas off of each other. When you get two minds in the same room, uh, as well, I know, you know, this, yeah. you just create fire and uh, it just starts. So he brought an idea to me and I was, you know, kind of working on something already and, and it was born project altitude. It's funny then the name we knew, we knew we wanted to be some kind of project or that in the name somewhere. Uh, and then we were trying to think of something else. Um, so there was a little clock on my desk that one of my friends gave me and it just says altitude on there. It's kind of altimeter, like in an aircraft, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was a clock. So it said altitude on there. I'm like, there it is right there. Project altitude. Nice. We, we were like, ding, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Well, you talk about um, coming in with ideas. Um, mm -hmm. Napoleon Hill talked about that in the book, uh, Think and Grow Rich, that third yeah. mind where you have mm -hmm. two minds come together and the idea that you have, the idea that they have generate the spark of this whole new idea and the way that takes off. Yeah. And I love that and kind mastermind. of stuff. Mastermind groups, absolutely, mm -hmm. very cool. And so the idea was born to uh, to help people get these certifications and, and learn these different trades, right? How did you guys start mm -hmm. off? Like, what what types of training did you start? With? Very first, I, I was kind of on a leadership mindset, and uh, he's he was more of a like a lean six sigma. We started seeing offerings from uh, Army credentialing assistants to pay for training in lean six sigma. And so, and so after we took the course, we were like, this is a good idea. 
you know, we, we have skills, we have, uh, you know, training in different things that would definitely benefit, you know, soldiers in, in this area, in this realm. So he, you know, he came with that Lean Six Sigma um, while I was already working on leadership stuff. And uh, we started with Lean Six Sigma and then we just kept growing, adding different courses, uh, leadership courses, uh, other process and project management courses, IT, uh, just a bunch. About how many courses do you guys offer now? It's over 50 right now. And, you know, we're, we're adding more, um, but, but we do want to keep it, uh, keep it clean. So we can't continue to, you know, grow them forever. <laughs> yeah. But now you guys don't actually, do you do the training or you're just offering the, the kind of the, the storefront for people to find the training? Uh, we, we do the training mostly and most, most of the training we have, we're authorized training partners. So either we've created some curriculum or, uh, we've licensed some of their curriculum. Um, and most of our courses and pretty much all of them very soon are going to be, uh, self-paced 100% online through our learning management system. Um, so yeah, that's how we tackle that. Very cool. Good job. And you said that it started off for military, but now it's open to anybody who wants those trainings and certifications. That's right. Yeah. Anybody who wants the training can go directly to the website, projectaltitude.us and, and sign up and, and, and get a course. Um, we're really seeking B2B relationships, mm-hmm. uh, getting on with large corporations who have employee education assistance uh, funds nice. and giving them the option to choose one of our courses. That's, really where we're looking. So any, any friends we have in, in, in big corporations, definitely reach out to us. Very nice. Very cool. Um, and so do you have a lot of the military um, applying for the classes we do. and taking classes and stuff? Yeah, every day pretty much. And I'm, I'm sure that that helps because I know um, we've had friends that we've worked with before that they have a difficult time transitioning from the military into civilian life and trying to take the skills that they had in the military and translate those into um, civilian life. Are you seeing some of that too? I am. So a lot of what we see is exactly that. People know they need to be prepared when they leave the military. So these are, you know, funds that the army is giving them to pay for these courses. And it's, you know, it's great that the army does all this to prepare you for the outside. I think it's just a, it's, you know, a continued commitment to a service member to ensure that they're prepared when they get out. Um, Cause we want the, you know, cause everybody that gets out is basically a recruiter for the army. And, and if you, you are successful, I think that's the best thing you can do for, you know, publicity for the army, you know, that's what I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. And so you say your focus is kind of on leadership. Explain to me, what is resilience building leadership? So the Resilience Building Leadership Program, uh, it was developed by Dr. Gene Coughlin. He's got a whole a whole group together now. Um, it's basically what he wrote his dissertation on, but it's about collective resilience. We talk a lot about individual resilience. Uh, the Army talks a lot about that, has programs set up for that, uh, but collective resilience, you know, focuses on the team level. Uh, a lot of education and business talks about teams now, and even the Army and other services. So this is about getting a team to that resilience uh, together uh, through, you know, creating a positive climate, promoting trust, developing cohesion, and then on up into the organizational change uh, level. Very nice. 
And so is that something that you're one of the certifications you guys have or one of the training classes you're involved? It is. It, uh, we are an authorized training partner for that one. Very cool. Good job. So how can organization develop a more positive organizational climate? Yeah, so it starts at the very lowest level, the team level. Um, so with the climate, you know, so a lot of people see, see, you hear the word climate, you hear the word culture, you think culture. it's the same thing. Um, but an interesting definition, kind of the first time I've looked at it this way is when I went through this course, was climate's more of a, it's at the very lowest level, like team letter, first line supervisor and below, it's the perceptions, it's the feelings, uh, and it can change almost day to day, you know, how you're feeling about uh, the way people treat you at work. When you think about culture, it's more of a high level, top down uh, focus. So the, the senior leaders set that um, and, and build it out through strategy uh, to push it down. So that takes longer to, to change. So you won't see that change as much. Um, but basically starting with climate, uh, making sure, uh, you know, to have a good climate, you need trust. You need trust between people. Um, you need to be able to build social cohesion. And so, and uh, team cohesion, um, excuse me, task cohesion. So you get that social trust and team trust um, to, to make teams better. Um, yeah, it, it takes uh, first line supervisor, you know, uh, uh, a lot of training or a lot of dedication, I would say, to, to make sure that that happens. And then from the top level down, you just have to really, um, you know, that, that's when you start getting to more of how communication works, you know. Um, there's my filler word, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but no, yeah. my wife and I are both uh, management consultants. We've worked in uh, the areas of organizational change. And that's one mm -hmm. of the biggest things that, that happens is that communication breakdown, right? The executive team has a, a thought or an idea, a vision of where they want to go, but it doesn't translate down to the, the lower levels within the organization. So these people down here are doing what they think is right, but it's not really helping them achieve their goals. Um, mm -hmm. What Aside from just the longevity and, and taking time to, to work this out, what else can organizations do to help that communication? Yeah, uh, let's see. Well, every opportunity you have to communicate from a senior leader perspective, take that opportunity to talk about the vision um, and the culture and your strategy. Because if you've told people once, you haven't told them any, you know, at all. It, it takes repetition. Um, just like I'm sure you've seen these days when it's time to have a meeting, just like the one between us, you have to remind people a lot uh, that it is coming up. Uh, and through different methods, text and email, uh, phone call, you know, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, you know, any way you can hit them up uh, to remind them of your vision and, or the, you know, shared vision. Hopefully you've gotten to the point of a shared vision and, and the strategy and the goals for the organization. That's definitely one way to increase it. Face-to-face um, -face is always the best type of communication. We do have lots of abilities these days, but it, uh, if you can get face-to-face, -face, definitely uh, use that. Absolutely. And then, so you talked a little bit about resilience and the importance of resilience, you know, in the organization. What does, like, individual resilience look like? And then how does that translate up to the organizational resilience? Yeah, I would say 
individual resilience. Uh, I go back to something like Extreme Ownership by uh, Jocko Willink Mm -hmm. or something like um, the Arbiter Institute's uh, training on the outward mindset. That's all very internal in the the way you perceive things. So I, I see an interesting dichotomy in between individuals and their supervisors. So for instance, if I'm, you know, the, the next level supervisor and I see conflict between an individual uh, and their supervisor, I'm telling both of them that, you know, extreme ownership applies in both of the, both of your worlds. So, you know, what are you doing to contribute to this? And, and then I'll tell the leader, what are you doing to contribute to this? So, um, it's kind of like I'm saying you're both the problem, but obviously I'm the problem too. So uh, taking that extreme ownership is something that, uh, you know, you can't just say from an individual perspective, I can't perform well unless my leader leads well, you know. So to me, that's where individual resilience steps in and you're, you're able to, to overcome that and perform well for any leader. And then vice versa for a leader, you're able to perform well and lead well any soldier, uh, person, um, direct report, whether they're extremely resilient or they need development in that area. So that's just a little interesting concept I see. Absolutely. So with the leaders that you work with, what what are they what is missing? What are they missing? Is it that communication aspect? Is it the vision? What's missing? Uh, one very specific thing that I see missing is the ability to have assertive communication. Also, you know, books about it, crucial, crucial conversations, mm-hmm. et cetera, uh, things like that. Um, there is, you know, and it leads to courage, you know, just what you talk about a lot. And it takes that in, intestinal fortitude is sometimes we, the word we use it uh, in, in the army uh, and I'm sure in the other services but to tell someone that you have a problem with them. In, in the Army, we have a framework called the IDEAL. It's an acronym, IDEAL. And I always forget what each letter stand, stands for, but the, the first one definitely is I statements. You, know, you, you talk about I and you talk about feel how, you know, what, what you're doing, this is what it uh, seems and does like to me. I'm afraid is, this is what's gonna happen. Um, so that, that's kind of a framework for that we have that it's actually in our resilience program in the army, our master resiliency training. So it's, it's a tool that I, I frequently go back to, and I'm not perfect at it either, but I frequently go back to reference and uh, it's maybe it's the, the hammer and the nail thing. Now that I see this and I review it right. every, every instance that I uh, see with frustration, I'm like, well, here's the tool to solve that, you know, yeah. I'm gonna... yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. I think, having those difficult conversations is something that a lot of leaders shy away from. You know, it's, it's uncomfortable for everybody, right? Um, there's different types of conversations you can have. There's the, the tough conversation where it's something say about performance or attendance. You've had the conversation with people before, so you know what the script is. The person you're talking to has probably had that conversation before and they know what the script is. So you kind of know where you go and how it works out. There are some difficult conversations that are unscripted that are very difficult, and a lot of managers will shy away. I've got a client that just kind of turns his back to it and says, "Oh well, you know, I'll get somebody else to do it." It's like, well, you're not helping. 
this person grow. And you're also pulling down the morale. If they see this person getting away with certain things and not being called on it, they feel mm-hmm. they can then get away with it too and stuff. So yeah, having those conversations is, is crucial. Yeah, so it's definitely a responsibility of the leader to hold people accountable because if you don't, it demotivates the others. Um, yeah, and I, just one perspective about when to do it. Some people, some people are good at very directly addressing it on the spot, but at that time, I don't know if you're familiar with being above the line, below the line, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to your mindset or your thought perspectives. But uh, you definitely want to be above the line uh, in a positive thinking kind of way and not angry uh, below the line kind of thinking when you address it. So immediately it may not be the answer, but uh, just knowing where you are in your mindset uh, helps. Absolutely. And then setting clear expectations. You know, that's one of the other things we work with the leaders. You know, don't just come in and say, I feel or I think. It's like, give me something Mm -hmm. observable behavior Mm -hmm. and what the expected outcome is you know what do you expect from me and what can i expect from you and i think if you you know speak clearly that way i think it works a lot better yeah something exact and and not general right yeah Yeah, definitely absolutely um so courage where did you find the courage to just take these ideas and grow them into project altitude you know because a lot of people would say well hey that's kind of out of your wheelhouse you know that's that's um, something kind of off script, maybe. And they'd say, you know, why are you, why are you doing something like that? Where did, where did you come up with the, the courage to do that? I would say the biggest part of it is having a partner. Uh, Dr. Morbido is the, the yin to my yang. The, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, EOS entrepreneur yes. operating system or traction book. So Gina Wickman. Uh, I'm a, yeah. yeah, I'm a visionary and I found the perfect integrator. And it's like magic. So uh, definitely read those books. That if you want to start a business, that's that's a good way to go. Yeah. Um, but I was on a journey of creating some courses. And because I'm a visionary, I wasn't uh, managing myself well. And uh, as soon as he jumped in, it's like uh, gasoline on the fire. So uh, that's definitely gives you the courage. And number two, it's just with age, I think, for me personally. When I was younger, I didn't really, I've been a leader since I've been in the military. My first assignment was you're, you're in charge of these three other people to get them from Memphis where I joined in Meps to uh, Fort Jackson, South Carolina. So uh, there you go. You're a leader now. And I've been in several positions since then, but uh, yeah, I think age gave me the experience and the, the knowledge that it's, it's okay. Uh, I'm going to fail at, at certain things and that's okay. And I've learned to prioritize and, and one, one quote I always go back to because I said it uh, just out of the blue, but when one of my first uh, second uh, section leaders, a, a Lieutenant came to me and said, how do you do all this in a day? Or, you know, how do you, there's so much stuff to do. How do you do this? And I just said, you just have to choose what to fail at. Every day, you got to yeah. choose something to fail at because you can't do it all. So, absolutely, uh, taking taking failure into the concept of you know it's a part of your life. Well, you learn through your failures a lot more than you learn mm-hmm. through the successes. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, if you can fail forward, fail often, learn and get back up. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, I, tell, 
about failure, I tell people that I trust, I trust people more that have failed a few times going through like a course, you know, say I, I never been to ranger school, but using ranger school as an example, you probably learned a lot more if you failed a few times going through there. I went through the, uh, the expert field medical badge course and I made it my first time. So I tell people like I made it first. I didn't learn anything. So if you've been three or four times, you definitely know more than me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Very cool. And so uh, talking about leadership, what do you look for in a leader? Uh, in a leader uh, to, you know, humility is one of them. Uh, the desire to grow and learn. I, I learned early on that I'm going to be learning all my life. So just, just stop trying to fight it. Um, when I went through ROTC, the green to gold option, I had been in the military for 10 years already, well, eight years, eight to nine years. And I spoke to a, a junior level class and I asked them how excited they were uh, to be uh, graduating, you know, in a few years. And, and did they think they were never going to be learning again? And a lot of them were excited about it. They just wanted to get rid of college and, you know, everything was smooth sailing since then. And uh, that was when I let them know that you're going to be learning for the rest of your life. So uh, get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Lifelong learner. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, leadership. Is there, can you think back of, of somebody who really stands out as an excellent leader? Uh, one, one person in my career, uh, his name is uh, Ross Yastrzemski. He's, uh, I believe, a colonel at this point, um, PhD, uh, taught at West Point. I think he might have went back to West Point, but what struck me about him is just his desire to grow junior leaders and pushing us, even though we didn't have the time, nobody had the time. Uh, he pushed us to to take it seriously and do it and not just reading and reviewing books, but challenging us physically uh, above and beyond what we had ever tried to do. Um, so someone who really challenged me, I think that was, and really it, you could tell, he cared. Uh, usually when, when I talk to people, I can tell, you know, if they care what I'm saying, he had this ability to really look like he cared what you were saying the whole time he was listening to you. And, you know, sometimes he had so many other things on his mind, but uh, that was one, one thing I noticed about him is just the, uh, it felt like he wanted to listen to you. So that was a that was a big thing for me. That's awesome. Yeah, talking to some of my clients about their leadership. You know, uh, you've heard, you know, managed by walking around, right? If you go out in the mm -hmm. shops, you go out among your employees and stuff like that. They have to feel like you care, and hopefully you do. When you stop mm -hmm. and talk to them, you don't just do a drive by. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Um, we equate it. And the the example that we give is uh, if you're in a restaurant. You know, your food's been delivered, you're partway into the meal. The manager walks by and says, how's everything here? Look down at their feet. If their feet are pointed to, towards your table, then they're engaged. They really want to know how is everything. But if their feet are pointed up the aisle, they don't care. <laughs> you can say anything. It's like, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? And they're just making their way through, right? To check off on the list. Hey, this is done. In management, at leaders, I think you have to stop and really fully engage, turn full face to the person. How are you? How are things going? You know, what, what's going on today? Tell me, you know, I think that's, that's key. That's one of the things a, 
missing in a lot of things. You know, we hear about employee engagement. Something as simple as that to where you feel, hey, he actually asked for my opinion and and listened. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's that's crucial. Because our that's job as leaders point. is to make, yeah, make more, make more leaders, not more followers. Definitely. Yeah, it's hard to let go at some point to to let them make decisions. But yeah, yeah that, that's a good point that I've noticed that if I go to a leader and I'm trying to talk to them, they're just on their computer, like leaning around it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's not as effective. So I personally, most of the time when a, lead, a junior uh, direct report comes into the to the office, I, I step away from the computer. I sit down nice. and I bring out a notebook nice. like I'm showing you that I'm actually listening to you. Uh, so that's that's a good point. Yeah, that means so much. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had it to do all over again, would you follow the same career path? Is there anything else you do different? Hmm. I'm pretty happy, satisfied with the path uh, that I've been on because I feel like I could learn, you know, no matter what environment I got put in, I I feel like I would have, um, you know, been grateful. I guess I practice gratitude enough to, uh, to say that it's, it's been good. (laughs) Nice. Very cool. I don't think so. Very cool. And then what's next for you guys? I mean, you got the courses Uh, out there and stuff. What's next? Uh, so we are growing. We we have a big vision, of course, because he gives Dr. Morbido gives me the freedom to dream up things. So a big vision, uh, growing staff wise, uh, growing customer base wise, definitely. And in a couple of years, when I'm in, out of the military, uh, it'll definitely be something to fall back on. Um, but yeah, if, if you're an organization out there and you have employee assistance, or you're an employee there and you don't. There's not a there's a course that you want from us maybe that's not offered through your employee education program. Definitely reach out to us because we want to help as many people as we can. Absolutely. And so um, your website. What is your website if people want to get in touch with you? Yep, projectaltitude.us. Dot com was taken, so we got the dot us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's good though. Um, and out there you have a lot of information about the different courses and stuff. Do you have brochures that you can, people can download, maybe give to their HR department and say, Hey, we need to get this. Yeah. Yeah. We have a few of those. Uh, I'm, I don't think they're on the website, but uh, we have a few put together that we can send out. Very cool. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. And you've got some great certifications out there. Like I said, not only the leadership classes and everything like that, but some of the other ones you you've got lean six Sigma type certifications out there. What are some of the other ones you have the most popular ones? Uh, most popular would be the RBLP, the Lean Six Sigma, and right now PMP. Uh, we do have a PMP project nice. management professional pre- preparation course. So those are the top three right now. But we also have Scrum. Not a lot of people know about it, but it's it's a process management and project management type type course as well. Used a lot in IT, and then we have a few IT specific uh, courses. ITIL, ITIL 4, ITIL Foundations, um, and then DevOps, which also relates to IT and project management. So those are some of the big ones that we, we, we sell the most of. Very cool. Good job. Well, it's awesome. Like I said, a great website, a lot of good information out there and everything like that. Definitely uh, people go out and, and check that out. Um, so again, it is projectaltitude.us, right? And um, 
can they reach you on LinkedIn? Are you on LinkedIn? I am on LinkedIn. Um, okay. Ken Danos. I have the RBLPT after my name. So okay. look for the bald guy. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I will have I will have the links in the show notes so everybody can can get to that and stuff. And Ken, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah I appreciate your time. Yeah, nope. This was great. So all right, listeners, hope you guys were taking a lot of notes, a lot of good information here. Definitely go check out the website, check out those trainings. And like Ken said, if you work for an organization that offers employee training, um, take a look at these classes and maybe present this to your HR group and see if this is something you can get involved in because there's some great certifications out there and it's great to, great opportunity. Very cool. All right. And share this episode with your family, friends, colleagues, and stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan. So thanks so long for now.